The following episode of TOEFOP is rated MA for mature audiences. It may contain sexual references, time travel references, allegations of bin misconduct, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that this episode is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who thinks a comedy conversation between two old mates sounds like a terrible idea for a show. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax, this is Topop, I'm Charlie Clawson, and in a continuation of our Christmas episodes, we're giving gifts back to the Topop audience. We thought we'd peek behind the curtain of the, uh, the people who make Topop possible beyond Will and I. Last week, of course, podcast Mike uh, dusted himself off, put on his best nerdcore rock t-shirt, and impressed everyone with his snappy repartee. And now we turn to a man who's not known for his words as much as his drawings. It is, of course, James Foz Fosdyke. Welcome to TOEFOP. Hello, Charlie, and uh, thanks for watching. <laughs> High energy Am I opening. supposed to be like, because this is a guest host, so I thought I am Will in this, so, you know, I've got my pre-rolls and, uh, and my ashtray here and uh, Mike can edit my clicks out. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't want you to be Will. I want you to be Foz because I think that, there's always an appetite right. for, for people who listen to TOEFOP to know uh, know the personalities of the people behind the scenes. And uh, mm-hmm. I was thinking about you today because um, the way you've do- done like the TOEFOP artwork, you know, whether it's Everyone Relax or, you know, you work Will and I into episode artwork, it's a fairly yeah. stable template, right? Like Will and I have fairly stable faces. We don't change our looks too much. Um, well, yeah. from time to time, there was a period where I had a beard and uh. incorporated that into the artwork, but I think it's, it's fairly stable. Mm. Anyway, I was out mm. for dinner with some friends last night and <laughs> when I turned up, um, one of the girls looked at me and said, oh, what's this look all about? <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean this look? And she's like, is this for a role or something? Are you playing a character? And I'm like, what are you talking about? This is just my, my face. And she's like. Oh, no. just like your hair is longer now and you've got a mustache and stuff. I just thought no. you must be playing like a, a character. <laughs> and I was like, no, like this, I, I like this. Look. You don't think it looks good? And, she, and then she starts the backpedaling and she's like, oh, no, no, it, it looks good. It's just, I've never seen you with long hair and with a mustache. And I'm like, is this such a radical departure from how my face normally looks? Like you as an artist, when you look at what my face looks like now, and for anyone listening, just go to Instagram, you know, that this is my current look. Yeah. I have kind of slightly longer hair and a mustache now. It was enough to throw yeah. this friend of mine for a loop. How do you interpret this look? Uh, it, it's, <laughs> but I've been listening to the podcast, so I know you're trying to achieve the dad from OC. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's not quite there yet, Charlie. It's not quite. I don't quite. know if you've got, if, you want, yeah, that guy's got a thick, a thick head of hair, you know. Well, I think I'm, and, uh, I, I'm getting. Your hair looks good. Thank you. That's not what I'm saying. It's just, you're not going to, you'll need like something else, like volume. Oh. That you just can't get. I can't get it. I've got a. I've got a tiny. I've got very thin hair on the front of my head, and as much as I'd love, you know, a luxurious fringe, I'm just never really going to get it. I do have thick, luxurious hair. I could get plenty of height in this bad boy. Don't you worry about that. The yeah, Sandy- but that guy's Hollywood thick. 
know. Yeah, but that's like just he's, that's he's, styling and an hour and an hour in like a makeup artist chair. Like I could definitely get that look. I didn't realize you haven't had that today. What I haven't styled my hair. Because you're looking good, Charlie. Yeah. Uh, no, I've had a hat on my head. I've been out in the garden for the last two days. So if anything, and I'm, I think I'm sick. So if anything, <laughs> I'm off my game. I'm not. No, you feeling, look good. You I'm look not, good, mate. Oh, thank you. I'm not feeling very Sandy Cohen. Looking very good. But it turns anyway. out, Foz, if you want that Hollywood look, all you have to do is not do anything. Yeah. Because the reason my hair is like this is lockdowns. I was in, as you know, stuck on uh, the Gold Coast. When I say stuck, I know there's Queensland listeners out yeah. there who get their noses out of joint. When I say stuck, I mean <laughs> in the sense that I couldn't go home. I wasn't. I didn't. Well, didn't regret yeah. being there. I was very grateful to be in the great land of Queensland. <laughs> so let's just yeah, let's just get that out of the way. But. You swim in as many pools as you like. It's right. But you know what happened yeah. is I, I intended to get my hair cut, to go back to my traditional, you know, short back and sides or whatever I've been rocking the last few years. But I did not yeah. trust any hairdressers on the Gold Coast. I kept walking up to barbershops and I'd take a look inside the window and I would immediately profile the dude's cutting their hair. I'm like, I don't yeah. know about that guy. I don't know. I don't think he could do justice yeah. to this hair. And then it just kept going and going. And then Gemma who has always harbored a desire for me to grow my hair out. She loves long-haired dudes. She loves rock and roll guys. She loves yeah, long-haired right. dudes. So she just was like stayed on the case. It was like, why cut it? I think you should just let it grow. We haven't had long long hair in a in a long time, so just let it grow. And before you knew it, that Sandy Cohen, that elusive haircut I've been searching for for the last few years, <laughs> turns out to get a Hollywood look, all you got to do is just go through like an 18-month lockdown. Well, that's that's what I've been sort of thinking the whole time you've been you've been talking about it. Is that like I'm sitting there with with hair that you know is similar, but again, I'm thin, like, and it's just not that hard. I just get one one haircut a year, Charlie, and and the rest takes care of itself. One a year, that seems yeah. low. Most people get their haircut every eight weeks. Nah. Uh, Does your hair grow look, at such a slow it, pace that you don't need to like like it's not that much of a difference between January and December or? It just doesn't matter to me. Like oh. I just I'm in the studio all the time, man. <laughs> like it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, so I just get it cut when it starts annoying me too much, and um, and yeah, at, at the moment it's probably in the middle of where it sort of normally is. You look, I'd say. Quite clean, clean cut to my eyes. This is probably the most sort of conservative, the less, the the least crazy <laughs> I've seen you look. Yeah, like, it's quite. I mean, if someone told me, yeah, if you were if someone told me this guy's a chartered accountant or like a high school mm-hmm. music teacher, I'd be like, yeah, that makes. I sense. look responsible at the moment. Like yeah. when I'm walking the dog, I get smiles from old ladies and and stuff. But when I've got the longer hair, I get you know more of a, a scowl. How is you know, not too much? How is dog life? You are a, a new, oh, awesome. a relatively new dog parent, and I've been following your Instagram. Yeah. You seem to be in love. He's so good. His name's Goose, and he's a golden retriever and a quarter lab, and um, he's just the best. Like, and yeah. Um, what kind of personality? I don't know. Like, um, dumb, loyal, needy. Uh, goofy, um, and just beautiful, you know, mm. he ha- he's incredibly beautiful and he's just, he's what you would, um, 
imagine when you think of a beautiful sort of golden retriever dog. Yeah. He just looks like the stereotypical dog. Really, don't you? you that, know? That's when like classic the, dog. Yeah, well, that's why I was going to say in the yeah. movie Up, they nailed both the look and the personality yeah. of a dog, specifically oh, a golden retriever. He gets retriever. that guy's voice so many times. Like, yeah, <laughs> he's like, <laughs> yeah, he's um, he's great. But it's just funny. Like, I'd never. Yeah, it's a whole new world where you sort of go out, and I live by by a river, and so it's it's really nice to to have this you know, huge um, series of paths and, and trails that I can go down and, and see all the nature wildlife, like there's koalas, there's like I saw a kangaroo the other day. That's like, amazing. You know how far I am yeah. into town. Like, yeah. yeah, the kangaroos sort of go up the river. So you, and, um, you get, so you've seen like in the wild kangaroos and koalas. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, mate, I, I see, yeah, I moved, out, I moved to the house. country specifically for that experience, all I'm getting is bloody reptiles. Like it's just snakes and lizards. They everywhere yeah, you go right. around the northern rivers, there's signs saying "slow down" because of koalas. And I'm like, I, this, yeah. I reckon this is a tourist trap. I think this is bullshit. I have not seen one koala yeah, right. in the wild. And they say there's a creek that runs through my town, which is beautiful. Yeah. It's like something from Stand by Me or Stranger Things, or you know, one of those yeah. idyllic kind oh, of spots. Where, you know, there's a rope swing and all that kind of stuff. And they say it's like a platypus. Yeah. Haven. And I, every day I go out and I'll spend at least 20 minutes at the river (laughs) looking for a platypus. Because to me, if I could see a platypus in the wild, then that's it. A push back from the chair, Mm. I'm done. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen one in the wild. I've seen one in a, in a sanctuary. Mm. Like, um, you remember that guy, I forget his name, but he used to wear like a feral cat on his head. (laughs) David Wormsley, I think I it was his name. Was a TV and he, guy. And, he, and I think it's Warrawong Sanctuary that he sort of started, which was this like sort of, I can't remember how big it is, but it's a reasonable like big block of land where he just fenced off, did a huge high fence around it and just um, released all the all the animals that were around, you know, 200 years ago or all that kind of stuff and all the trees and plants. So it's basically you go there and, it, and it's how Australia would look if, if we hadn't fucked with if it. If Europeans you know, like, hadn't come in and said, hey, we want like, hooked animals to run across these fields. Yeah, and- bandicoots, like like just all around you, like these tiny little kangaroos and, and um, and yeah, and this this little lake with, with a couple of platypus in there. And that's when they tell you um, the depressing fact of, of – Oh, what is it? I'm gonna I'm gonna get it wrong, so I'm on the right podcast for it. <laughs> but it's like platypus can live something like 20 years in the wild, but only like two years in captivity. Oh, that's so like some sad. Outrageous. So if you hear if you see one in a zoo, it's like not long for that. Oh like, my god! You know, it hurts. Platypi yeah. are like Patrick Swayze <laughs> in Point Break. You know how the surfers are sitting around hang- having a conversation about they want- they can't do a nine to five because they're like, no way, man, you're not going to put me in one of those steel coffins rolling on the freeway to work each yeah. day. And then at the very end of the film, <laughs> Bodie says, like when, when he gets the handcuffs on him, when, when Johnny Utah gets the cuffs on him and Bodie's like, I can't do it, man. I can't be in a cage. And it's like, yes, that's the platypie. They just want to, they just want to ride the 50, the 50 year storm. Hell yeah, they do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would love I to see a, seen a platypus, but a platypus with like that man, sort of get, peroxide blonde hair. Yeah, 
<laughs> you know, that Swayze gets a little shark's tooth necklace around its neck. I mean, if a bunch of platypus oh, yeah. started robbing banks wearing the masks yeah. of ex-presidents. <laughs> point, oh, you could call yeah, the film no, Point it's... Beak. <laughs> point Beak. Mm, pay the bill. Oh, yeah. Um, no, it's got to be a play on Point yeah. Break. So it's got to be either Point Break uh, or, well, I don't know. The platypus, I can't think. That's all, I, all I'm thinking is when I think Point Break is the, is the moon to the camera and that's how they know their surface. Like, <laughs> yeah, with, just the tan <laughs> like this guy's got the bare ass. And out of the whole thing, like I've got one of the most popular posters for that film on the internet. Like, you know, it gets ripped off all the time and, you know, I'm ripping it off pretty much selling it on Redbubble. Mm. But it's like, it's, and all I can think about is that is, is that, that in the, is that in the yeah. poster the bun? No, ah. no, that was done by like a commissioning group. Well, it's like oh, a okay. bunch of people that that kind of tell you what they want, really, which right. is which is restrictive in a way, but not in others. Like if you do official posters. Sometimes you don't have likeness rights, so that's that's why you'll see like a really well drawn poster that doesn't have any of the actors of the film. I wonder if you, if you could do a poster, a new like Mondo style poster for Point Break, mm. but just have it be that shot, just the bare ass with a tan line, and you know you use the same. I could font. do the tan line really good these days. You seen you use the same Point Break font, and you know the credits are so it would look like a legitimate poster, but instead of. Keanu and Patrick Swayze's faces. It's just that bare ass. And do you think people would get it? I mean, I as soon as you mentioned it, I, I, I know the scene straight it. away. Yeah. If you're point break for yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. That would be a good poster. You're right. Although yeah. I, most I, I of think... the time I have I have this like wall up to your ideas, Charlie, and, and sometimes you just push those bricks over and and, and they get through to me. <laughs> <laughs> this is the great I mean people have seen get back. This is the behind the scenes in the TOEFOP <laughs> the yeah. TOEFOP creative process. Oh <laughs> we do it all the time with Quantum Cop, where it's yeah. just like no, no not there yet, Charlie, and then I do whatever I want, but it's just like my rules. <laughs> I uh so um we know that the next issue of Quantum Cop has been long delayed. It is the Chinese democracy oh, of, no- of novelty comic strips. It is. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Foz and I had a conversation about it two weeks ago. In fact, a big rewrite. Foz, uh, I haven't looked at yeah. – um, so the way the, the process normally goes is we take it in turns to kind of be head writer of an issue or an, or an episode, and then we just do yeah. notes on that on that initial first draft. We go back, back and, and forth, forth until until we're happy. <laughs> until yeah. we give up. Until we just like whatever. It's good <laughs> yeah, that'll do. I want to start fucking drawing it. Uh, yeah. And so but, um, we, we want to end the series with a bang. And so we planned out a fairly sort of complex thing. Um, but your phone call to me a few days ago was, "Look, mate, I've, I've read the script back, and it's quite serious. <laughs> it's quite serious and dark." This is Quantum Cop we're talking about, which was born out of a conversation between me, Will, and Justin, which predominantly mm-hmm. involved a, a, a time-traveling cop who shoots people in the dick. <laughs> and somehow yeah. I turned it into like Lars von Trier, <laughs> straight into super like serious Like it was territory. a big like, where is he hunting him down? Because like spoilers, if you haven't read Quantum Cop yet, at the moment, like where we left him was after um, defeating the producers and director of Milo and Otis, he ends up on a 
desert island um, by himself with these animals. Like all these rescued animals you know, so, from Milo and Otis. Yeah, basically saying any minute now, and then the next panel is him with like really long hair and a long beard, you know, three <laughs> years later or something. And he's just still sitting there. So, yeah. Um, and you had this sort of like, yeah, we're tracking him down on a big, t- and it was real time cop vibe. Yeah. It had you know, Michael Bay yeah, kind of influences was- like a control room and it's like the future. Yeah. And there's like gunfights so- and espionage and all this kind of stuff. Like I just saw the new James Bond film and it wasn't nearly as complex as this latest yeah. <laughs> quantum cop script. And- Ah, yeah. So it's 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 throwing my hands up in the air. And you say you say you know end it with a bang. I think you ended it with a bang, <laughs> like yeah, an like explosion. A you ended your script with an explosion, but you didn't say to me what that was or <laughs> like what what that was about. It was like, dude, this isn't an exquisite corpse where I'm writing the next line of your your like thing you've got to tell me where that explosion like what I, you know so i sat there and i was just like all right what we're gonna do yeah it's is it, something else it's and, so, I, it's, and i did i i'll tell you charlie yeah i nailed it i've got it okay great all right i've got i've got basically and you'll be happy to hear i've got i've got the next one plotted out yeah that's what number five and yeah. I've got number six plotted out as well. Oh, shit. So, yeah, because number five bleeds into number six. We're making them, and this is a, this is an official TOEFOP announcement. Okay, great. We are making them both double-sized. Oh. So they will be double-length because we both don't write comics, and I think we write in a long, longer form than is needed for one page yeah <laughs> like, i mean when you when you when you're boiling down quantum cup it's a two-page comic strip that takes like four months to do <laughs> but these are going to be two four-page strips and we'll see them sometime late 2025 i reckon <laughs> yeah <laughs> well it is such a uh, it is an interrupted it's not like we sort of nut this all out and and create within like a six month or twelve month period. Like it's sort of around in yeah. and around other work. And I often yeah. have forgotten what are we talking about now? <laughs> like what was the yeah. initial? Because I do have a I do have a book somewhere. I even printed it up because this is you know back when we were super organized. You and I had had that first meeting, and yeah. I typed up a quantum cop bible like a series bible like this is how yeah. it should go these are the characters these are the storylines and stuff all very official and stuff i don't even know if that shit's relevant have you got it there i've got my i've got mine here and it looks like the fucking ravings of a madman <laughs> you've got to see it like it's somewhere in here where it's just like just notes scribbled crossed out like shit everywhere like oh man it's so funny but yeah man We've got the we've got five and six pl- plotted out now. I've I've tied some things together that you're going to really like, and yeah, we've just got to do it because it's just I don't know. It's I'm not going to be able to find this when I've put it under pressure. It's like a cat doing a trick. What are you, what are you looking for? But man, podcast I'm Mark can cut out my, anything. My initial my initial dollop nut. My initial um here it is. Okay. Alright. Yeah. That looks like uh, re- that? that looks like Renfeld's cell in Dracula. Just like 
Yeah. It's it's his podcast uh, podcast Mike. Foz is holding up his uh his his exercise book which is just filled with literally chicken scratchings. I could not make. Yeah. Hang on, is that my hand? It looks like my handwriting. No, it's not your handwriting, Charlie. Quantum God. The way but it's it like moon landing, Harambe, uh, Milo and Otis, Animal Genocide. Uh, what else? Redheads are an alien race. <laughs> Reptilian elite. Like John Lennon, Lincoln, Story of My Life, Dinosaurs and Caveman, Bigfoot, Art Crime, um, Robot Vacuum Cleaner. <laughs> like... Yeah, there's there's some shit on here that that is just yeah, stark raving mad. Well, I've um, got I've got my it. notes. But so that's that's my Bible. <laughs> so that's what I go by. Well, this is my Bible. When I'm, I'm showing you now. So this is the notes. Yeah, I bet that, yours is all nice. And no, it's not. This is shit. me storyboarding. <laughs> so this that's is your drawings. <laughs> These are my drawings. <laughs> and this is oh, like. Oh wow! You've got. You've drawn sunglasses there. That's cool. Yeah. So like this, <laughs> when I try and script an episode, like I'll actually Charlie, draw. Charlie, that is like, that's genuinely great to see <laughs> that you've plotted out that way. No, I'm genuinely like that you've sat there and drawn out. So that like gives you a rough idea. Sometimes I deal with writers where it's just like, yeah, it's a son of a bitch because they haven't, they haven't like um, visualized it to any extent. Yeah. And so they've got a whole lot of movements happening in a in a panel description or something like that. Like he turns around, opens the door and comes back in the one panel and it's just like that doesn't fucking happen yeah. and you can't do that like you know. Well, this is the so only to way see that you do that. This is the only way heart. I could do it cuz Gemma, you know, when we work together, we always say that I'm the words, she's the pictures. Like she's always like how do we tell this story visually, visually cuz I'm always like just overwriting yeah. everything. And so working on this, I was like, well, I can't, it's exactly that thing of, I have to sketch it out because if I'm saying, well, this action needs to happen, can that conceivably, can you convey someone walking from one plate room to another in one panel while executing dialogue or blah, 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 or do you have to yeah. pick up the action somewhere else or do you split it over two panels or whatever it is? I think it's actually yeah. been good. And how important is it? Oh, it's so important. It's you been know. good for my writing because it actually forces you to be more economical in your storytelling, mm. because if you can tell something, especially in a comic, if you can tell something with an image and you don't have to put fucking speech bubbles in, there's more in the frame for people to look at. Like I fucking hate it when yeah. I turn a page on a, well, when I say turn a page, when I'm on Comicsology, and I hit, and I go <laughs> to the next page and it's like fucking speech bubbles yeah. covering like a third of the page. I didn't come here for a novel, nerds. Yeah. <laughs> Just give me some yeah. pictures to look at. Yeah. It's, yeah, there, there are different ways of doing comics. And when I did, I did a comic called Deadly uh, a, a while ago for, for DC or Zuda, which is owned by DC, and they were like their web comics attempt. Um, and it's basically, yeah, I got criticised a lot because my my comic was very sparse on dialogue. It was all action driven, and they like, said that was not good. You know, and I just I just wanted it to be like pasting it like a like a like a bowler going into the cricket, you know how the crowd clap gets louder and faster, mm. you know, and then you hit the end of the season kind of thing. That's the way I wrote it. Yeah, but I look at it. I don't know. Like, yeah, people would people would criticize me a lot for for doing not not a lot with dialogue, and it was just like, yeah, fuck you, you're not reading it right. <laughs> <laughs> you're but, the yeah. one who's out of touch. 
But I, I don't know. Like I, I sit there and I'm talking about it, and I think, but what what comes into my head, the over overriding thing is, geez, those first ten pages need some work. Like you know, writing wise, where I should have, because I wrote it in basically a couple of days in a dark shed in mm. an old in an old house I live in. Um, you know, and so I sort of thought I should have spent more time on that, but. It's quite gory too. The end, the end, I'm very, very proud of. Yeah, like there's a lot of sort it's of. It's a like, really gory one. It's like yeah. a horror, horror sort of thing. And, and that's yeah, that seems like to be like there's certain artists, like certain comic book artists who do, who seem to love gore and do gore really well. What, mm. what, what is it for you? Like if you're going to so, like you know show a like a, someone's heart exploding and you, you see the exposed rib cage and stuff like. It's disgusting, obviously. It's gross. So what yeah, yeah. what is enjoyable about creating it? Like, is it sort of seeing if you can do it or how realistic you can make it or how far you can push the envelope? Some some of it is like, yeah, how – like if you've got that heart exploding or, or something like that kind of thing is, yeah, how effective where you, where you freeze frame the image in your head kind of to make that mm. what's the most effective kind of – way of doing it or can but you do it metaphorically will you look at like yeah. um anatomical drawings or designs or photos of bodies or actual wounds to then like draw from yeah oh so yeah I can do that and i'd be drawing that for deadly like that was what i was sick of by the end was just like animal corpses. I had, <laughs> well i had this cave this giant cave that turned out to be a giant womb and so the walls were flesh, mm. um, but they needed to look kind of like a cave and kind of like flesh. So there was a lot of like internal, um, what do you call it, where you get the camera up your ass and stuff like that. Uh, so there's just like or something like that, or colonoscopy. Yeah, like yeah, colonoscopy is kind of like seeing like the insides of people and, yeah. and drawing that as as cave parts and meat. And, and stuff and placentas and all this kind of stuff that I was just, I spent a year doing that. So it was just like, yeah, I think I got into comedy shortly after. <laughs> I remember years ago I was watching um, uh, the making of Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead and it was in the mm. kind of makeup room where they designed all the zombie creature makeup effects. And on the wall, uh, it was all blurred. It was these pictures that were all blurred out. And what I came to realize is, oh, that's all yeah, their references. Right. And so they've real. obviously found real autopsy photos of like Burns victims and gunshot victims. And, yeah. and I was like, how is that a safe work environment? Like, I guess if you're working that's on a, fucked, uh, right? I guess if you're working on a zombie film, you know what you're getting into. But they, I, I wonder what the process was of getting clearance for that, because surely you can't just stick up images of real dead bodies from rotten.com and, you know, expect everyone who works in that office to kind of be cool with it. Yeah. Well, if they're in the special effects game, if they're creating gore, I, I, I reckon that there would be some understanding of that kind of thing and they would be trying to look at real things to, to make it as real as possible. But definitely run it by them <laughs> like before you stick it up. Yeah. Cause like sometimes I might need to draw something like a, like a severed arm or, or, or something like that where it's just, yeah, I might 
to get a reference, I might sort of um, Google prosthetic, like special effects or, or something like that to to lessen the impact of what I'm going to see when the when the search results come up. I remember talk- fuck, I've seen some shit. Man. Yeah, I was going to say. I, was, I remember having a conversation when I was in LA. I, I was um, hanging out with this uh, horror director, and um, we're just sort of talking about inspiration. And he was telling me about a scene that he'd put in one of his films that uh, was a story a friend of his had told him about um, having this nightmare about seeing a shadow outside their window, and when they sat up to get a better look, suddenly the shadow was like you know, a foot from them and it's like this jump scare. And so he's like, cool, I'm going to take that. But then we started talking about like, well, what happens when you don't have that friend with that story? And he's like, trust me, he's going to be for some very dark places on the internet. There's some stuff that I cannot unsee. But in his, you know, and I understand it. Like he's, he's making a horror film. He needs to sort of find out what pushes his buttons and what upsets him. But in order to do that, he's going yeah. to go to some pretty horrible places. Yeah, and I forget that because I, every now and then I get this urge to to do something in that style if I ever had time to do anything, which I bloody don't. So, you know, but your fanciful notions of, of the kinds of things you'd like to do and you, you do forget about the the constant sort of um, bombardment of those that kind of imagery mm. with your work. I think that's one of the reasons I enjoy doing the tofu part is because it can be anything. Yeah. pretty much like yeah. it can be yeah any style or anything i feel like pretty much within reason well, what the fuck are we going to do if you ever leave or if anything happens to you like it's such a huge i don't know man not show. my problem i'm hoping that <laughs> i'm hoping that ai gets to a a point there that we can just like duplicate your I'm artwork not. by feeding if we just feed mm. all the imagery into a computer and it uses some algorithm to go, okay, we get I did it. that for an artwork. I did that for one of the episodes. You fed it into where, a computer? Um, I've, no, but I used, um, it was like Mike Howell did an episode where he tricked people into thinking that it was cut up and it was a new episode when yeah, it yeah. was actually. Just old episodes. Yeah, so it was an AI episode. So mm. I treated it like AI grabbing bits of my artwork and joining it together to create something new. Yeah. So, um, yeah. No, I didn't know I don't that. remember which episode exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say that's But it a, was just like. That, that's an underrated episode because we didn't even know uh, that Mike Howell was doing that. He sort of wanted to try something because we we're having some time off. And I don't really listen back yeah. to the episodes once they're released. And so I hadn't kind of got what he was doing because he didn't really sort of explain it. He just sort of put it out there. And I think there's probably a lot of people who listened to that episode who didn't know that that's what was going on. It was almost like too good a trick that people couldn't tell. Yeah. And probably damning. That's uh, really clever. And I. <laughs> I think it's one of the most clever things that Tofop has done, really. So what was the artwork? And it's gone. Well, the artwork was um, it was using um, the body of you from – Shut up, I'm talking to my dick. Yeah. So it was like that was a shot of you looking down. I remember it was your shoulders. And then I used the Terminator robot to oh, yes. fill up your upper upper half. Yeah, another one. And I had some and I think I had lightning and stuff from the Frankenschlong. Where was the ter- where was the Terminator it. from? And then the space the Terminator was from uh, robots and cool cats. Oh, yeah. I remember yeah, yeah. that was the episode title. Fuck you, you and Mike um, Hall are bloody clever. 
I had no yeah. idea. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad I got you on this show. People wouldn't know if 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 we if I hadn't got you on. That's um, but like yeah, we cool. really do need to do a book one day. Um, but the thing is, I think we get caught up of like how grand this book needs to be. I just think we need to put a book together of just the artwork with a forward and an afterward, yeah. and get it happening. Like because yeah, there's some there's some really nice work in there that I'm quite proud of like oh i mean it's, all, know, it's all I, like I my treat wall it, right i treat now. it as a yeah but i, I treat it as like a like playtime mm. you know like these days it's 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 where i get to play are there and any other um, so, employers who give you carte blanche or is it always a brief um yeah what tofop is closest to for me is probably working with adelaide musicians yeah, yeah. um adelaide jazz musicians oh, specifically <laughs> so, you know yeah. it's it's between it's between the notes mate well i'd like notes to say you, that uh tofop is the jazz of podcasting you know yeah, we yeah, improvise man. free-flowing podcast jazz yeah i think we've yeah, used that before but, um but i remember like jazz and you know some blues and roots but i remember i I'd be just as sick of drawing saxophones and acoustic guitars than I would now of being drawing microphones, you know? Yeah. I think that's what the microphone is to me these days. I still draw them all the time, but yeah. it's just like a oh, fucking microphone. Oh, here's another fucking microphone. Because, um, yeah, comedy is all, all about microphones. But the, <laughs> the, the people I used to work with, one, they, they paid me less than you, which I know is hard to imagine, but it's like... <laughs> They're jazz musicians or, or they're Adelaide blues musos or whatever. But I remember one um, who goes by the name Cal Williams Jr., who's this this guitarist blues singer guy. He's a really nice guy. And um, he I did a he did a bunch of um, learning how to play guitar books um, and I did the covers for them. And so basically I would make for each series, I would make a different shape, like shape of a guitar out of one of them was made out of car parts on an old, like on the crossroads near a, near a rail line kind of thing. Cause you know, all blues songs about going down to the train station. Well, they don't say going down to the train station. Um, but yeah. And then one of them, I think about folk music, I had a, the guitar was all made out of plants, so it was all like ferns and moss and, and all this kind of stuff. So basically and, your um, MO is how can I create instruments uh, out of other materials? Yeah, yeah. It was like I didn't want to draw a guitar. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I remember one of, one of the times that, that I think of the most that, that was this like he asked for a different font that I didn't like um, on the cover and he, he just wanted – wanted to see it right so he's like we won't print it we won't do anything with it i just want to see it and so i drew i put the font in on the for the title and stuff but then i just drew just so many dicks all over the rest of the cover like it was just covered in dicks but it was like he could print from it so it was a high-res print of his cover with this different font just with a bunch of pissing dicks all over his artwork. Where it's just like, oh, you're going to go with the font that I think is good, mate. <laughs> Your job is the music. You know, you've got me for this job and uh, I think this is good. You know, how did you've got to be open to it. But 
he he um, printed it out and it's up in his studio the last time I I uh, caught up with him. Like, but yeah, because I, I did some really good artwork for Cal. Like, um, he did a, a few albums where I got to 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 really draw some some nice stuff. But um, but yeah, it was <laughs> I think the last time I drew something for him. Um, he wanted like a religious kind of looking, it was something about a, a dove, a journey of a dove or something. Mm. And, um, and so, you know, I'm like, religious, you know, and, <laughs> and it's a, but I make this, I make this beautiful image of this dove, um, sort of flying above the clouds and it's sort of from above the dove looking down kind <laughs> yeah. of thing. And, Bird, and would you say it's a, and, a bird's eye view almost? Yeah, but the bird above the bird. Oh, know? yeah. <laughs> it's and, a bird's eye view of a and, bird. Yeah, he's looking at another bird. And, um, and yeah, he, he wrote back, you know, can we, can we put the head up and change some of the line weight around the wing? And so instead of doing that, I drew him um, without his pants on, stretching his balls into the shape of a dove. <laughs> And I didn't do the album cover for him. <laughs> that was the last of it. We're still mates and everything. Like it wasn't like a, a like fuck you or anything like that. But it was just like, mate, you can't tell me to change my line work. Like you know, you get this image or you can't. I don't have the time to draw anything else. But you know, go get someone else. It's all good. I'm Gem- not upset. Gemma um, had a couple of when I used to produce for her. She had a couple of tactics that would uh, delay the interference of clients like they would always ask to see early cuts and Jim was like you'd never want to show them an early cut because it's not finished there's lots of shit to pick away at it you know I just need time to get my ideas down and to work with the editor and you know of course if you show someone you know something that's been rushed there's gonna be lots of fucking problems but you know just so I would have to put them off never send anyone something on a Friday because then they've got the weekend to stew over it and they think that they have to come up with some notes so, mm-hmm. uh, and then the other thing, which I think we've talked about before is the, uh, the blue boat, uh, thing where you, the you know, blue boat. yeah, put a blue boat in the painting, give them something to complain yep, about, yep. and then you get to keep the thing that you want to keep. Yeah. Like fluffy shoulder pads. That's for me at the moment. I'm sort of, you know, making sure they don't look at one thing and drawing these fluffy shoulder <laughs> pads to, uh. I shouldn't sort of talk too much about the job I'm doing at the moment. <laughs> that's what I'm sort of. That's what I've been like. Oh, I'll just delay those, redrawing those for a bit, so they can comment on those while I sort of fix this bit. Yeah, but that's that's you know, I, I find feedback come sometimes just for me anyway. I think I get spoiled maybe mm-hmm. that I get to do a lot of what I want a lot like in terms of working for you guys and, and stuff. Well, you're not afraid. Um, you're not afraid to speak your mind and to stand up for what you think. I think I learned that pretty early on working with you. I sort of realized, oh, okay, like James likes to work in well, this specific way because other artists or other creatives that I have worked with, they want more feedback. They want more interaction and management and that kind of stuff. And then there's yeah. people like you who are like, no, I'll show you when it's done. But, you also have a line of, 
I don't understand the amount of work that goes into what you do. So I think it very, in the very yeah. early days when you did the last supper poster or something, I asked for you to change something in it. And you were like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, it's done. <laughs> like, I can't just go in and just, I think I wanted you to change the yeah. look of the microphones or something like that. And you're like, I can't. Like, it's fucking done. And every every piece of this connects to another piece. It's not like I can just, like, scrub it out and, and redraw them. Like, you're asking for a completely, yeah. you know, I'd have to redo that whole layer. And so I was like, okay, yeah. all right, well, I'm working with a guy, A, who gets very prickly <laughs> when, you, when you bring it up. <laughs> I think I don't, but I actually do. I fucking, I really prickle up. But it's I, just sort of like, I've got my own internal, like, self-hatred of my work where it's just sort of like, you know, it's got to fucking be better than the last thing that I did or whatever. Or that's that sounds more motivational than self-hatred. Yeah. But it's, it's like I'm really picky with what I want to waste my time with like mm. in a way and and sometimes especially with with jobs like tofop i think the, the fact that i can do what i want um and you guys very rarely sort of say anything um negative about it is is why you get it for the price that you get it kind yeah. of thing like yeah well what's the, you know, it's the, it's the, it's the, the other jobs it's the feedback that they're paying for yeah. like i i can't i just i kind of think yeah, sometimes, depending on my mood, like sometimes with some art directors, feedback can be really good and really boost the job. Like mm -hmm. I have had, um, I say it like it's a rare, rare thing, but I have had been working with good art directors where where they do say change this and this and they're specific about about what they need changed. Like some some other art directors and, and creatives can really be, fluffy with their language and mm. not give you specific feedback on what they want changed. Like, yeah. you know, like beef up the line work was one I had recently where it's just sort of like, what do you mean? Like, does, it, does that mean make every line that I've already drawn thicker okay. or like, you know, and it, or yeah. another, another one is, could you turn the head slightly? <laughs> like it's a 3D like, object. Yeah. I, I can't believe how many times I've gotten that. Oh, like, that's where amazing. It's just sort of like, yeah. I don't and, feel so and it bad. it blows yeah. my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, mate, I've had some shockers. Like, you know. I, rem I remember doing a, um, a working on a car commercial, producing a car commercial, and uh, when we had sort of been prepping the job, we'd gone out to the dealership a few times and met with, like, the head of sales. And, you know, then the sales have their sales team. And so it's, you know, like probably about mm -hmm. close to 10 people or whatever. But ultimately, the head marketing guy is making, you know, the final call, the creative director of that company or whatever it is. And so we mm. uh, shot this uh, ad and it was more like a, like a little online film. It was like a two-minute film for this car company with this celebrity and blah, blah, blah. And so we were going to have the screening and uh, like 10 people turned up to the screening, which is like, well, why – you don't need all the fucking sales agents and the underlings here. Like you just need the creative director to give his, his feedback. So we sit down uh. and we do the screening and then we turn to the creative director – to say, what do you think? And he's like, well, what do you guys think? And then we had to listen as these friggin' oh, like nine idiots. And the thing is, if some if you ask someone for feedback, they're going to give you feedback whether or not they have any or not, especially if their boss I know. is asking them for feedback. They want to impress. And so we had 
just numb nuts like giving like their opinion on the story or this scene or that scene. No idea of how like a, something was done <laughs> or why something was done a certain way. This one guy in particular, yeah. this young guy, was thirsting after the celebrity in the ad so badly. Like, and very kind of like uh, uh, not disguising his lust in any way, which is like, oh, I think yeah. you, you could, uh, that shot of her getting into the car, you could be on for that shot for longer. And it's like, no, mate, we are not filming yeah. her ass for your that private wank bait. She needs to have like less, less clothes on. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think she needs some it less was, clothes in that shot. It was just like, <laughs> it was so painful to sit in on that. But I'm sure that's like the process of making like a Hollywood Fuck. film, you know, like for a, a major studio, I'm sure, when they do those screens. Well, and and the more I think about that kind of stuff, the more it just depresses the shit out of me that this creative this creative force gets gets dwindled and and washed out into into some of the stuff that we see. Like mm. you know, like um, I know that's really general, but everything I just hate when a good idea gets whittled down into a mediocre one, like just to well, to think- appeal to. To be fair, more people. Or- uh, to be fair, I don't think the answer is to give every creative carte blanche. But if you did, you're gonna no. ha- you're gonna have more instances of something being amazing. You might also strike out, you know, eight times out of ten. But the two times it works, yeah. it's going to be great. So I understand that like, yeah. if you are not approaching it from a creative point of view, you're a numbers person, or you're in charge of a marketing campaign, or whatever it is, and you've got all these spinning plates. You are not really thinking about, well, what's the fucking craziest idea? You have created a checklist and your client has expectations and they want to see this, that, and the other. Like in advertising, it's always about, well, how does the product look? And so, you know, um, whenever we're pitching on any jobs, we're always – the the language is always along the lines of we want to integrate the product into the commercial so it's not all of a sudden, you know, you're cutting to a a shot and it just – interrupts the narrative or it takes you out of the experience. But ultimately, they don't need to hear any of the other creative flowery shit. I could just write, the product's going to look awesome, don't worry about it, and they'd be happy because that's what they're doing. They're paying to advertise their product. I've drawn a lot of those product shots and storyboards, you know. That's that's another one of my jobs where it's just sort of like, yep, make make this look amazing, this this bunch of ideas. (laughs) It's just like a quick quick comic. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of um, storyboards, I, I had Guy Davis on Fofop this week. Uh, we're talking about mm. um, uh, uh, films, of course, because he's a film critic. But he mentioned that Paul Verhoeven or Ver, 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 Verhoeven, um, yeah. had storyboarded the sex scenes in Basic Instinct himself. And uh, if anyone follows Guy on Twitter, you would have seen <laughs> he uploaded um, he uploaded a, a, a YouTube clip of Verhoeven talking about. Um, storyboarding the sex scenes and he's a really good artist like they're they're realistic but at the same time it has the but the boobs are really well rendered and everything else is really sketchy like you can't draw fingers properly no it's like i mean it's kind of it it all it looks artistic you know it's kind of like beautiful line drawing pen drawing or whatever you call it pen 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 penmanship um, yeah. But the sex, like it's doggy style and 69ing and all this, and you know, and it looks perfect. You know, he's drawing Sharon Stone. So, of course, you know, her breasts are firm and yeah. her locks are flowing mm-hmm. and stuff. But he's narrating or he's, you know, the, he's talking about the storyboards and he has the enthusiasm of a 14 year old who's just spent the last like, oh two weeks God. every night drawing like all these sex scenes. 
Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's, that's just, yeah, there's a lot of horny artists out there, Charlie. Um, well, that's all right. A lot of horny, horny, lonely artists. Hey, it's a genre, you know? Yeah. Uh, I remember. Just gone to uh, DeviantArt or any of those places. Yeah. You'll see a lot of. My local comic shop growing up had like a beaded curtain section, which was like all the, you know, uh, like erotica, like the comic book erotica and stuff. And I was the Japanese tentacle porn and yeah. And also just some sort of like straight up, just like, or would have been like fanzines or something, just like a lot of thick veiny dicks. I remember that was a lot of the artwork. In fact, a young James Rose Dyke maybe would have been influenced by by that but i was kind of disappointed because i would i saw i'd seen this curtain and and i had worked up enough courage i would have been like 13 or 14 to go into that section but i was like what is the point of this like when i can go to a 7-eleven and get like real pornography but then i guess it's sort of that it's that fantasy element of you know the tentacle porn and all that kind of stuff and really like oversized genitalia and breasts and buttholes like everything is like cartoonish and it's just that it's this, but it's the same thing as like what Barbie has done to generations of women in, in feeling how they feel about their bodies. It's mm. just like these artists are doing at the same time about fucking giant tits and, and huge veiny dicks, you know? Yeah. It yeah. is weird That's too. That's why you always find some small pathetic penis in my work <laughs> to, uh, for all those small pathetic penis dick guys out there. But you're, yeah. right, you're right. I guess there is a kind of – it feels like with I – went, I went to a, a party uh, recently in which there was so much – oh, God, it was exhausting, James. I can't <laughs> even tell you. I've been to a party since I was yeah. born. And I spent the majority of the night just trying to find comfortable places to sit where the music wasn't too loud. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the first hour, we're like, we even got a babysitter and everything. Like, we had a babysitter till 1 a.m. if we wanted it, but we were both home by 10.30 because it was just like, hey, I'm out of practice. I'm out of practice with every single aspect of this, the the drinking, the socializing, the meeting strangers. Like, all of it was just like, oh, the first hour, I, I, I put in a, a lot of effort. And then I think I, yeah. I, I drank too too fast like i had like three or four drinks in the first hour and then i'm like oh i don't feel great so i'm going to just switch to water now and then when i was coming off that i'm like oh now i don't want to talk to anyone because i'm feeling a bit sick in the tummy (laughs) i'm like the kid i'm like the kid who ate too many like snakes at the party and then jumped on the tramp too much i got a sore tummy but all these people at this party there was so much like uh like botox and stuff going on that it because I didn't know a lot of them. And so it's hard when you're talking to someone and you can't pick up basic social cues. Like I couldn't, someone, the lady was telling me this story and I'm looking at her face and I'm like, I don't know if this is a happy story or a sad story because I can't, (laughs) I can't pick up any movement or subtle, you know, uh, hints in in, uh, facial tics or anything that's telling me what this story is doing. And then I thought, it. well, you're probably right. You know, we have sort of, with the advent of Photoshop and, um, you know, being able to silk people's faces on screen and then, in, you know, impossible standards of beauty. And people do are now starting to look a bit more like genuine comic book characters yeah. or cartoon characters. Like they have comically large yeah. appendages, you know, line-free faces. But the there's something about that. You know the amount of work that goes into that shit, man. Like it's unattainable. Yeah. And it's just fucked that people are trying to 
talk themselves up to to look a certain way. You know. Yeah, well, look, you know, each to their Just own. Just get a dog and walk the dog. That's my <laughs> motto. <laughs> I've lost like 15 kilos and that's all I've done, really. Well, LA is very yeah. much all about that. Like there is a strange homogenization of looks over there because it sort of feels like, you know, a lot of the women, especially they feel too young to be getting work done, but they're in their like late 20s, early 30s and their lips are plumped and they've had some fillers done. You can just tell. And then yeah. there's the dudes who all have like those veneers, like Americans love yeah. the fake teeth, the false teeth. And it's like, big, you realize that you life. all have the same teeth. <laughs> like it's so, yeah. like, I guess the, one company has the market teeth. cornered on the, on the implants. And so you talk to someone <laughs> and it's also that, that unnaturally white glow, like no one's teeth are that white. Even if you get mm. them cleaned, like no one has, what is it? What's the word? Iridescent, incandescent <laughs> teeth. Like they shouldn't glow yeah, the, in the dark. The, what, it's it's like, it's the yeah. That's from Photoshop. That's from people photoshopping pictures constantly in magazines and and all that kind of shit. So people think they need wider eyes and wider teeth. Like yeah. yeah. That's why I'm um, uh, announcing uh, on the show that I'm going to only be posting real photographs of myself on my Instagram. What a yeah. What a real man real, looks real like. Real teeth. Real Which teeth shots. Apparently is pretty goofy, according to my friend at dinner last night. She thinks I look goofy. Nah, it's just I haven't updated your, your style visually yet, Charlie. I'll make it look really cool. Don't no, you worry. I was not yeah. worried. It was just the comment worried me. It's like, this is what other people are thinking? I love that, though. That's such a – that – is you know that's that's a power move where it's just sort of like oh yeah I was, oh, I was being a, is this was, for a role yeah I was being Ned. is this for a role yeah that's that's a total nagging Charlie so she's like so clearly you've just been casting something where you're playing like a total loser like an absolute fuckwit yeah like you're the like scum a schlubby, schlubby bum loser right yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're like a divorced dad yeah, yeah. no <laughs> what are you talking about yeah. It's like the equivalent yeah. of asking someone uh, when they're due and they're not pregnant. <laughs> that's, that's what happened to me. Yeah. It's like, oh, so what's the role? The um, shit kicker? Yeah. Scumbag? No. Child molester? <laughs> I haven't taken on any roles. Yeah. No. What do you do, mate? Well, I've been clean shaven for the better part the last month uh, for a, a, an, an actual job I was doing where I had to look clean cut and didn't like it. I'm not really a – I can't remember the last time I – I was without facial hair, but I think too much time yeah. has passed now with me having facial hair or at least recorded evidence of facial hair. Yeah. That when I now- I think I had a young, a young face before I had a beard and now yeah. I'm just scared of shaving it off. Oh, don't do it that. because but... in the time that you've had the beard, yeah. you don't realize, but there's been subtle like kind of there's, drops. There's some sag. Yeah. yeah. The collagen's yeah. kind Dreams of drop. decreasing and- <laughs> And it's just like yeah. you get over 40 and, you know, the minute you kind of like, have you ever seen yourself like inverted? Like you're bent over in the bathroom and like you see, you turn and look in the mirror and you see your skin hanging off your face. It's fucking nightmare. Yeah. Like I looked at my butt in the mirror the other day and it reminded me of like the top of Dave Batista's head. Like, you know, <laughs> when he's like mark. really got his eyebrows up. It's just like all wrinkles and pockmark yeah. like. Just like, what is that? That's not even an ass. Yeah, it's just fucked. <laughs> oh, getting old, man. It's just like, it sucks. Yeah, I'm going to have to get glasses soon, but I've been holding off because everyone tells yeah. me that um, uh, everyone tells me that you know, once you get glasses, that you become reliant on them. Your you eyes get used to them. See so, better. 
But today, like, no, I'm, I'm just sick of. Better. I'm just fucking doing this with like menus and stuff all the time. Like, this woman had me something to <sighs> read today. Get glasses, I'm, Charlie. No, I refuse. I'm going to be Mr. Magoo. God, no. <laughs> but it's just that thing. I remember when I first got glasses, I had no idea until I got this giant TV, which was one of my dreams was to have a giant TV. And I remember sort of sitting there like I'd bought a house, like <laughs> just with my arms crossed, just going, I, I did it, wiping away a tear, you know, like I've achieved this as an artist. Um, and and then not being able to read the subtitles <laughs> like on the on that TV and it's just like, oh, fuck. And so, yeah, I went and got glasses. And a couple of weeks after that, like I'm sitting there like on bushwalks, just spotting fucking tiny lizards, like, <laughs> 50 metres away, like on a rock, there's a lizard, like up in the tree, koala, like, you know, just super spotting vision. all these things. Like I've got supervision, like, yeah, <laughs> you, you won't regret it, Charlie. And like, you don't have to wear them all the time, but it's again, you've just got to look yourself in the mirror and, and, and say, am I, you know, doing this for myself or am I doing this because I'm a product of society? You know, I'm doing it because I'm a, a um, product of society. I'm a vein, and I, yeah. uh, I don't want to put yeah. glasses on because I'll lose them too. I lose just, just everything. because just because you're in an industry that that relies on your looks. Um, yeah, but I'm not, and I wanted to see better, so I got glasses. Uh, yeah. Foz, I thought. I don't think the last time I went to the optician, they they said my eyes had gotten better somehow. There was something, I took away something from what they said that I was like, hmm, eyes are getting better. You know, like, but it was some. they probably said something more along the lines of, as you age, the tissue in the back of your eye hardens. Mm. And what that does is improve your vision slightly. Oh. And so, you know, that, again, TOEFOP fact. Like, yeah. that's yeah. probably more um, degenerative in real fact, like, yeah. but you just I said, away from it. thanks, yeah. Doc. I'm cured. And just like snap yeah. your glasses in half and then <laughs> yeah. presented to walk straight Walking into a into wall. A <laughs> <laughs> now, Foz, I thought it might yeah. be fun to um, uh, tip open the mailbag. These letters, when they were written, were obviously uh, intended to be read out by Will and I, but I figure this is sure. the part of the show where you can put on your Will hat, but just, just in yeah. name only. I'd still want a Foz answer. Um, if you want All to send right. us well, some. If you want to send us some mail, you can. I've you can put go to words it. into Will's mouth before, like as yeah. part of everyone relax. Like I've put words into both of your mouths. Yeah, you so, know, I guess it's know, true. Like can, if anyone knows us, it's you or Mike Howell or Podcast Mike, you, you, you would be able yeah. to. Like in the same way that Alfred sometimes has to impersonate Batman on the phone, you know, when they're trying to maintain the difference between Bruce Wayne and Batman. I could imagine yeah. that you could sort of jump on I an email. I could do a and, few questions in an email interview. Yeah. That were Charlie Clawson ish. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Or Will yeah. Anderson ish. Um, if people yeah. want to send us mail, they can. They can go to tofop.com. Uh, there's a little uh, uh, contact menu on the splash page. You can also sign up for our newsletter, Just the Facts, which comes out every Friday into your mailbag. And while you're there, you might want to check out some of our other great podcasts, including Philosophy, Fofop, and uh, we're doing a summer series on Two Guys One Cup called Footy Fixes with me and Scott Dooley. Uh, we'll be running shows right up until Christmas, then we're taking uh, a couple of weeks off or a few weeks off, and we'll be back again in January. But trust me, there's still more Tofop entertainment to come. But Foz, let's get to the mail. Sure uh, thing. This is from Vili. 
who uh, is a Finnish listener who kind of wrote in uh, a few weeks ago, a couple of months ago now, I'd say. Um, he said, this might be a long one, so just pick the ones you like. I've almost caught up with your podcast now and it was weird to hear my post on your show. That was where Will and I talked about how great Finland is, like they have, you know, high happiness measurements and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. It was almost like being interviewed on the radio news or TV or something. That was my 15 minutes of fame. First of all, Charlie did a pretty good job pronouncing my name, the first attempt. Maybe a little longer on the L's. So he's saying it's Ville. Anyway, surprisingly close. Closest language to Finnish is probably Hungarian, and our country is even that close geographically. But you had a question about two birthdays because we discovered that if you're in Finland, they celebrate your birthday twice. And we asked, where does that come from? Well, he's here to say, I have no idea. <laughs> Unless if it was two birthday parties, it's common for kids to have two parties, one for their friends, and then one boring reception for relatives the next day. You know, grandparents, uncles, that thing. Not so much of a party for five to 12-year-olds. Um, that all stops when you get into your teens, but they get presents on both days, but that doesn't count as two birthdays. So your resource is questionable unless they mean born-again Christians. I bet there are like 20 of them in Finland, all former alcoholics. <laughs> okay, so he's casting dispersions about Christian people. He is, he is. Uh, and maybe yep. someday I'll do that. I do like beer. Um, by the way, this is like having a pen pal in Australia 30 years ago. You might hear back from them in a couple of months <laughs> or maybe not. <laughs> so... <laughs> what do you think of the idea of two birthdays? Are you a fan? Uh, I don't know if I am. Like birthdays for me are a bit more work, I reckon. Like, I don't know. Like, because it just means you're going to get called. But then if you don't get called, you feel a bit lonely. Like, I really, I, I have mixed emotions about birthdays. Like, and to, to run through it twice, Sounds like I don't know it. if I could handle it. Fair enough. Yeah. This next bit of mail is from Megan or Megan. Hi, Will and Charlie. Hi, Will and – let me just fix that. Hi, Foz and Charlie. Oh, thank you. Uh, I've been listening to you guys for about five years but only recently became a Patreon subscriber. Oh, you should do that as well. If you want to support us, uh, the best way to do that is at Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash TOEFOP. Lots of bonus content up there, including Quantum Cop, which we discussed earlier here. Mm. So before – uh, the, the, the double uh, issues arrive. Why don't you get au fait? I don't know if that's a word. Why don't you get familiar yeah. <laughs> with Quantum There's so God. much stuff there. Like some of my best work is on your Patreon. Like the best yeah. stuff I've ever done is on your Patreon. And I don't even know if people are downloading it properly, like whether they click on it and drag it onto their desktop and read it at the full size that's or whether they're do. trying to click on it and seeing it small. In Definitely the download so that's it. That's what I would say to the patrons. Like, so, like, click it, drag it onto your desktop or whatever, and and blow it up to its proper size. But um, yeah, like, everyone relax. And Quantum Cop is is some of the stuff that I'm most proud of ever. So read them; they're all on there. Megan continues. The first episode I have strong memories of involved you analysing the lyrics of Orinoco Flow by Enya. And that's what really cemented for me that I had arrived at my podcast home. It appealed to my sense of humour perfectly. So I thought, finally, a <laughs> podcast for me. I had a similar moment listening to your most recent episode, 359, where you both started talking about how much you love office works, despite Charlie's unfortunate experience. By the way, being caught crouching <laughs> on the floor story, with a hole puncher sounded like one of my worst <laughs> nightmares. I'm surprised you survived it, Charlie. But it seems like your technique worked and I may have to use it in future. I love office works. And whenever I'm in there, I get an overwhelming desire to buy all kinds of exotic and unnecessary stationery. I already own too many empty notebooks and colorful pens, but who knew 
manila folders came in so many colors. It's fascinating. Oh, sorry, it's intoxicating. I fucking need glasses. I'm telling you right now. As yeah, a woman, as a woman in my twenties, maybe it's odd to have such a moment of kinship with two men in their forties, talking about stationery, but maybe not. Love the stationery and analyzing song lyrics in far more depth than ever intended uh, has brought us together as humans. Uh, on a more serious note, thanks for all the hard work you do getting the podcast up so regularly. It's got me through some hard times, especially the last couple of years. You're welcome, Megan. Foz, are you an, are you an Office Works yeah. fan? I am. I I love. I'm more of the the pacer fan, you know, like the the lead the pen. pencil. Oh, so beautiful the, when it and oh the and feeling it's about it hits the page. The leads, though, you know, like sometimes I'm 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 always looking for these leads, and I can only get them at Officeworks, the the point five mils. Um, but yeah, going in there is is a bit of a dream. But yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm distracted thinking about it. <laughs> Simon, it's a beautiful place, Charlie. Simon writes in saying, Hey, two Colin Fop, long time listener, first time messenger. I know how much you both love The Rock and remakes and thought it surprising that they've never done a remake of the Flintstones live action after the John Goodman remake in the 90s. It would be a perfect remake movie with The Rock as Fred Flintstone and Kevin Hart as Barney Rubble. <laughs> okay. I don't know that that is perfect casting because isn't the whole concept of uh, the Flintstone? He's a he's like it's the it's the it's the honeymooners. He's meant to be a blue collar schlub, not like an absolute yeah. Adonis. I think you could have the Rock uh, in a Flintstones reboot, and you could make a ton of jokes about how you know he's the. He could be the boss, like he yeah, could but, be Fred's but, boss or whatever. But have him like as the Rock. But you can make lots of jokes because it's they all live in rock houses and caves and stuff. So there's rock. Yeah, there's lots, lots of puns you can play off of being The Rock. Kevin Hart, though, as yeah. Barney Rubble, I think is actually genius casting, and that works because that's Barney Rubble is the comic relief. He's his little buddy. Kevin Hart's a little buddy. I think you're going to have to still find me a Fred Flintstone. I don't think, I'm not buying The Rock, but definitely. I can... think that oh, they work well together visually as Fred and Barney, I think. Well, yeah. The Rock and, and, and uh, Kevin Hart. Yeah. He's yeah. too muscular, you, though. Yeah, but he's in a like a leopard skin loincloth. Like, yeah, strong Sorry, man. Sorry, I was in my mind. I was in my in my mind palace again, Charlie. <laughs> I, well, I, you know, as we've that's been talking, job, that's my job for this podcast, <laughs> and I'm not usually uh, used to talking while I'm thinking about it. As as but, we're um, as yeah. we've been talking, I've been trying to guess what your artwork's going to be. I'm like, I wonder if it's going to be a point break poster with just an ass on it. But now I'm thinking, sounds like, like the rock and I can always tell when you're visually nudging me in that direction. <laughs> and I try, like the wall, Charlie, I try and push back against it and go with something you said under your breath, like <laughs> half said under your breath or something like that. Um, the, the, the big question. But I, I also, yeah. I also um, have written a bunch of things that I wanted to, say about this episode mm -hmm. so we could um i've actually written a list this is this is the work i've put into this episode Charlie, okay great of, Someone's um, of just things i can say just casually in conversation mm -hmm. um to to turn them into tofu art so uh eyeball with legs uh pomeranian as a wig uh baby crushing a skull uh, my dog goose driving a car or on rollerblades, man pulling balls over face. I think we've we've talked about both those things already. 
<laughs> We've covered those topics naturally. I don't remember the dog um, being Charlie on rollerblades. No, no, but, you know, now he is. Uh, uh, Charlie with sharks for tits. The Rock with a really long neck. I've written really with many A's and E's. Yeah. Uh, the Silver Sailor. So it's like the Silver Surfer, but he's in a sailboat. Can I just ask, Foz? This list is great, but shouldn't you have tried to have worked these into the conversation? Like you now just coming out the end and reading the list. If I was was Will Anderson, I would be able to effortlessly weave this into the conversation. It's a mentalist trick. That's how like mentalists do those, you know, they seed information into the audience so they can then kind of recall it later. Like that's what you should have done. I this I'm going to say, and I've never put my foot down. This is an illegitimate list. You cannot. I'm I for, know. I it's forbid like you going and wishing for more wishes. Yeah, I forbid <laughs> you like, to create our artwork from this list. Hulk on the toilet. Hulk on the no. toilet. Like, no, you cheated, and cheaters uh, should not be rewarded. Uh, oh, Charlie, you're a real sumo with a baby head. No, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. Either. <laughs> our next bit of mail is from Jake. Uh, who says, hey, Charlie, I know you said in an earlier episode that if Will was Batman behind the mask, you'd be able to tell it was him. I'm wondering if this works as well for horror masks, like a full-face stranger's mask. I wonder if you could tell it was him with his posture or even the smell. Does Will have a distinctive smell that you would realize immediately is him? He does have a smell, but it's, I mean, up here, it could be a number of different people. <laughs> like, let's just say it's, it's, not, it's yeah. not specific to him. In fact, Foz could probably have mm-hmm. the same smell, I would, I would suggest. probably have a similar odor. <laughs> um, uh, yes, yeah. I think I could definitely pick... Will, if Will was wearing, for instance, the Mike Myers get up, the boiler suit with the white mask, definitely be able to tell. Will has yeah. a very specific posture. He's got a specific height. He's kind of taller than most people. And definitely when he walks, obviously. It's easy, easy to catch up to as well. Yeah. Well, like, he would be very he'd be good easy Mike to run Myers away from. Because he doesn't yeah. run. He won't be running. He'll be shuffling yeah. after you. It's like a slow shuffle and he's good at peering out from behind a bush. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I, I definitely think I could pick Will, but he would probably be one of the few. Like, I don't necessarily know. If I opened my front door and you were standing there in full Mike Myers get up, then no. But it's just because Will has a very specific height and very specific posture and gait that yeah. I'd be able to yeah. pick it. Uh, I also wonder, too, if if there was another person of equal height, like he's 6'3", so that's pretty tall. So I wonder if there's another person mm. of equal height turned up at my doorstep, if I would do, if I would, if it would take me a bit longer. So just say you send like a dummy Will in to see me. I wonder if it would be like, oh, yeah. the height. Yeah, because it's all about the posture, really. I know I'd him so well. We've done... Mask. So I don't know if you'd be judging whether it was Will or not, and you'd probably be either spooked or bemused, <laughs> or depending an, on the time or, of day. Or I'd have a butcher's <laughs> knife through my eyeball. <laughs> Yeah, or dead, yeah. It turns out it wasn't Will at all. It was a genuine serial killer who'd escaped from the mental (laughs) asylum. All right, last bit of mail here before I let you go. This is from Coley. Mm -hmm. He says, hey, fellas, listening to the latest episode, uh, and Charlie mentioned the Red Letter Media review of Tremors. My husband and I have been watching all of their best best of worst episodes. If either of you haven't watched these, I highly recommend going through them all. Much like Tofop, the oldest ones may contain some problematic jokes. It's a great way to experience terrible B movies and other uh, or other weird things people decide needed to be on VHS without having to actually watch them yourself. It introduced me to Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2, which is now one of my all-time favorite bad funny slasher films. Thanks, Coley. Uh, are you a fan uh, of the Red Letter Media guys? Do you know them? 
I haven't. I've heard of them through you guys, but do you listen to every app? Is it a, oh, is a, it one you, of those a, podcasts that you? It's a YouTube channel. They do have a podcast, but it's mainly a YouTube. It's a YouTube channel, channel right? Yeah, no, it's great. Like, Unless, it's, yeah, it's one of those things where you're like, "This is genius." Like, you know, why didn't I think of this? But um, the fact is, okay. uh, they're just very film literate, very funny, dry film nerds and i agree with coley like there's lots of films that i don't really want to have to sit down and watch but if i want to get my head around yeah. why this film has a reputation or why people like it or dislike it i will watch one of their yeah. reviews there's plenty i mean it's almost as fun watching them tear apart like a new marvel film that's just shit um as it yeah. is you know you might actually know them how they got famous or how they broke through was they did that mr plinkett uh, breakdown of the Star Wars prequels about why you know why those films are so bad. You remember about mm, probably 12, 13 yeah, years ago. Yeah. So I think yeah, yeah, rings a bell. Yeah, no, they're 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 awesome, but no one could do what they do because it is it is so specific to their voice and their point of view, and they are quite cynical and not anarchist, but they they, they have a totally don't give a fuck attitudes. They're not trying to get celebrities on their show. Yeah. They're not trying to win favors with studios. So they give really honest opinions and, you know, make really sort of edgy jokes. But it's not contrived in any way. I've seen other people okay. try and do what they do, like other YouTubers, yeah. and it doesn't work because it feels forced and edgelordy, whereas these guys are just, they're just, you know, genuine middle-aged dudes who are kind of grumpy about films. Uh, yeah. I don't really binge much on YouTube. Like, that's not one of my sort of go-tos. Mm. I'm really... I either sort of binge on a podcast or a, or a TV show or, or something, but I never, I don't know why. Good. There are good length YouTube, YouTube shows because generally like, you know, you can, they're, they're not, the ads, they're, yeah. and the commitment is not as long. They're normally a self-contained episode. You don't have to kind of like, well, where are we in with succession now or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Foz. We're at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much uh, for agreeing to come on the show. I look uh, forward to seeing welcome, what the artwork will be. I mean, it's weird because people listening to this have seen what the artwork is. But let me just it state, could be anything. state once could again. It could be like a, a monkey with a dagger or uh, or Hulk on the toilet. Categorically, you, know? like you it, cannot. It could be the Incredible Hulk doing his shit on the toilet. You <laughs> cannot select from that list. I'm saying this on air so there's evidence, but if you submit an invoice, for any artwork yeah. that has been on that list that you crowbarred into the last third of this show, I will not accept it. Do you know? Do you know the the comic The Inhumans? Yes. Where they're on the they're living on the moon mm-hmm. and they've got that um, that giant dog with the little tuning fork yep. on his head called Lockjaw. Mm-hmm. Like I was thinking that, that he could be pooping out the thing, um, and that could be the artwork. That doesn't count. It's off your list. <laughs> I'm banning all of it. <laughs> Foz, thank you so much for coming on the show. Have a Merry Christmas and um, I guess Very we'll- Very welcome, Charlie. You too, mate. And keep, get working on Quantum Cop. Uh, but for now, I'm Charlie Clawson. I will. I'm James Fosdyke. And thanks for watching again. That's my phrase. That's my phrase. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs>